We are in Genesis. We almost got to the very end of Genesis 20 last week. Um, but do, before we get, we, we have two verses left in Genesis 20 to, to cover before we move on to 21. Um, but before we cover those, does anybody remember what was going on in Genesis 20? Sodom went bye bye. That's that was Genesis nineteen. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, they're on the run, and uh, they're basically hiding out in the cave, and the daughters are thinking that this is it. Yeah, yeah. And so we we saw that. We saw they're in the cave. We we saw that um, the two daughters of Lot um, tricked their father and. Um, and then after that, what do we see happening with Abraham and Sarah? Yeah, so they're they're journeying out of the promised land again, right? And and we see once again they're they're kind of using the same lie that they used before. Um, and Abimelech takes Sarah into his house to be his wife. Um, and how did God speak to Abimelech? You guys remember? He had a dream, yep. And, yeah, God told him, you're a dead man, right? Um, and Abimelech pleads his case before God. He, he, he told him, you know, it, it was in the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands that I have done this. And God told Abimelech, you know, that's why I prevented you from uh, taking this man or taking this man's wife to your bed. Um, and so he, he kind of gave him the option, either return her or die, basically. Um, and if you remember, he also put, there, there was an illness that went over the house of Abimelech. You guys remember that? Um, because of this. And so he, God tells him, return, return this man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you and you shall live. Um, and this is kind of where we are. And so Abimelech does this, right? He returns Sarah to Abraham. He kind of questions Abraham, why did you do this? You know, what, what cruel thing did we do to you that you would do this to us? And Abraham mentioned that he saw no fear of God in this place, and that's why he lied. Um, and so there's, there's a little introspection that Abimelech has to make. Um, but on the same note, Abraham, he, he's kind of judging a book by his cover as well, right? Um, because we do see a fear of God, and the fact that Abimelech does, when God spoke to him, he does what God says. Um, and then we also saw Abimelech, he's offering gifts, right? These extravagant gifts to Abraham. And then remember, there was a thousand pieces of silver that he gave on behalf of Sarah. And why, why did he give the thousand pieces of silver for, on behalf of Sarah? You guys remember? Yeah, to vindicate her. Um, yeah. 
And, and so that's kind of where we left off. And so if we look at Genesis 20, verses 17 and 18, it, it says this, Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of, the, of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And so we, we see part of the illness going on here was the closing of wombs as well. Does that make sense? Um, uh, and, and we see also... the. When, when Abraham, when he, he's praying to God, um, we, we see that God is listening, right? And why is God listening? Because he healed. Because he healed. That's, that's the effect of his listening. But why, why does he listen to Abraham? He's faithful. What he was going to do and trusted him. Yeah, but at this moment, he's not very faithful, right? Because he, he did the wrong thing. Does he listen because Abraham did what God said he was going to do? Well, I, I think in some sense he listens because of the, the position, the title that Abraham has as a prophet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. And so, uh, if, you, if you go back to verse 7, where it says, Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you and you shall live. Um, and so there is this intercessory positioning that Abraham has um, as a prophet of God. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, David did bad stuff too. Yeah, David did bad stuff too. Yeah, yeah, we all do, right? Well, right, I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying they broke some pretty big laws and got some pretty big ones. So. Yeah. There's not a sense that we're saying that because Abraham's a prophet, though, he's getting, he's convincing God to change his mind, though. No. God's had his mind the whole time. Yeah. That he had his plan already there. Yeah. But, but he does listen to Abraham's prayer. Yeah. He hears him. Yeah. And then Yeah. Yeah. And so, for whatever reason, God had, in this situation, he had kind of distinguished Abraham as his prophet. And so he wanted the prayers to go through Abraham. Um, and, but he also, he, he had the promise beforehand to Abimelech, right? Um, that. If Abraham does pray for you, then you will, you will be healed. Um, and so this is what we see going on here. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, and, and so, you know, what, what begins this chapter in disobedience, uh, we find at the end of the chapter we, we see obedience. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, actually, in all the characters, you know, you have the beginning, Abraham's lying, Sarah's lying, Abimelech, you know, out of his ignorance is 
sinning. Um, and then at the end, you see Abimelech repenting of his sin, returning Abraham's wife. And then you see Abraham fulfilling his role as a prophet um, and praying for Abimelech. And we see the healing of God. And so what we see going on here is, is this process of sinfulness, a repentance of sin, and then God bringing healing after that repentance. Does that make sense to you guys? How does that play into our lives? It works the same way. You guys see that? Um, who here struggles with sin? <laughs> yeah, if you're not raising your hand, you're sinning. <laughs> uh, but this is what God calls us to. He, he calls us to repentance. He, he calls us to turn away from our sins and to turn towards him, to trust in him. To pray, to pray to him, um, to seek healing, to seek forgiveness. Um, and when we do, he, he brings that to us. He delivers. He delivers, yeah. He did it for me yes, yesterday. My friend came and mm-hmm. steps to get into his trailer. And I was crying, wondering how I was going to get my daughter there. And I prayed and prayed. Got up in the morning, called my friends. He had five steps. <laughs> <laughs> right back over there. I told my friend, I go, the issue is resolved. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, let's let's move forward. Let's look at chapter 21 now. 21, it starts off, it says, we'll, we'll read up to verse 7. It says, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And so we, here we see the promise of God being fulfilled, right? And the first thing that we see in verse verse 1 is that the Lord visited Sarah. What, what does that mean? What does it mean the Lord visited Sarah? Caused her to conceive. Caused her to conceive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Does this phrasing remind you of anything else in Scripture? When Mary conceived, how did how did Mary conceive? Yeah. Yeah. The the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. Yeah. 
And, and so we see kind of a, a similar theme here. This is kind of foreshadowing for us uh, another future pregnancy. Does that make sense? Um, and so we, this, we, we have a miracle child being born here in Isaac. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, and, and how is Isaac a miracle child? What, what do we see in this passage that tells us? Because of the age, right? They're old. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. What was the importance of circumcision? Because God at first said to do it, and then he said not to. What? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, we talked about this earlier in Genesis, um, so you missed that, but it, circumcision is... And let's go go to that passage. I think it's Genesis 17, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, in verse 9 it says, And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offsprings after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And so what this was was a sign of the covenant between God and Abraham, between God and his people. And so... Uh, Why would the Jewish people do it then? Because they didn't believe that Jesus was born of God? Well, yeah, it, what we see going on in the New Testament, and even in parts of the Old Testament, yeah. um, we see Gentiles being grafted into the kingdom of God. Right. Does that make sense? And then they get circumcised. Well, they, there was a debate over that, whether Gentiles needed to be circumcised uh, once they had placed their faith in Christ. Right. And... And so there was a council in Jerusalem, and at the council of Jerusalem, they they said, you know, Jews do or Gentiles do not need to be circumcised. Um, and the reason for that is because these things are fulfilled for us in Christ. There are certain aspects of God's law that are done away with through Christ. For instance, we don't go to the temple. Yeah, well, for, for example, we no longer need to go to a temple and sacrifice animals, right? Yes. Why is that? Because Jesus is our sacrifice, right? Um, in the same way, circumcision is, is an outward sign of God's covenant, um, yet through Christ we are now circumcised inwardly in our hearts. Um, Paul mentions this in Romans uh, he, he says that we are, we're circumcised in our hearts inwardly. And so he says uh, the one who is uncircumcised outwardly and yet is following God's command 
is considered God's people, the one who is circumcised outwardly yet neglects God's commands, well, he isn't a true Israelite. That's what Paul says. Um, and so there, there is, under the new covenant, that's why we call, we have the Old Testament and the New right. Testament. Testament means covenant. Um, and so under the new covenant, we, we are no longer bound through circumcision and through different outward regulations of the law. Um, those were things that were pointing forward to Christ. But now that Christ has come, they're done away with because they have been fulfilled in Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and so that's what we see here. This is before Christ, our story today. And so we do see Isaac being circumcised here. Um, well, one quick one. Yeah. Why would people, these people that are sacrificing the children, why would they want to do that now? Because the devil always would want that? Like, uh, are you talking about like the nations that would sacrifice children to like Asherah and? No, they're doing it right now. Well, I know they're doing it now, but. But I'm just wondering why. That's what the devil always will want forever. Yeah, what what the devil's trying to do is he is trying to deceive us, right? right? Um, and he wants to point us away from God, away from God's blessings. And part of God's blessings is children. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, and so anything in our culture today that uh, directs us away from the family, directs us away from uh, the command that God gives us, be fruitful and multiply, that, that's of the devil. Yeah. Um, and so some people are just deceived. Some people are wicked. Um, not, probably a mixture of both. What? Not born of God in water. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, sorry. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's those are good questions, and and I encourage people to have questions because otherwise they just sit in the back of your mind and they never get answered. So, yeah. So we see the birth of Isaac, and we see there's this emphasis that is being made about the age of Abraham, right? And his old age, right? Um, why is that emphasized so much? Because he's lived a lifetime. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to say that's not the right word, but mm -hmm. he's lived basically his whole life. Yeah. And now he is the world's guy with a miracle, too, is what he said. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really pointing out, you know, one Sarah was barren her her whole life. She's also ninety at this point. Abraham's a hundred, and yet God, now, yeah, now we're going to have a child, and, and even the wording here it says. Um, at the time of which God had spoken to him. What is that referring to? One year. One year, right? Because right. wasn't it a, a, an exact year ago that God had said, at this time next year, Sarah will bury you a son. Um, and, and so it's at, the, it's at the timing of God's choosing. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, 
what other son was born at the exact timing of God's choosing? Jesus. Jesus, right? The Sunday school answer, right? <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah, and so through Isaac, we are going to we are going to see a lot of foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. A lot. Um and part of the reason is is because in Isaac we see the hopes and the dreams of the promises of God being fulfilled, right? And, and we think about the covenant that God made with Abraham. The covenant was, what, for the land, but also for an inheritance, for a child to be born. Um, bring that back further. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned and there was a curse. What was part of the curse that was placed upon the serpent? Does anybody remember? Crawl on the ground, eat dust, and then after that, enmity between who? Yeah, between the woman and you, between her offspring and your offspring. You shall strike his heel and he shall strike your head. Um, or vice versa, I forget which way is worded. but um, Yeah, and so we're seeing through Isaac kind of this, this hope. And, and so if you're remembering back to Genesis 3 and you're thinking, oh, you know, everything's gone, gone awry. Everything's a mess. Oh, but there's this promise. And so in the back of your mind, as you're reading through Genesis and you're hearing these stories, every time there's a birth of a child, it's like, will it be him? Will this one be the one? And, and so there, there's a lot going on here. And you could be thinking to yourself, is it Isaac? Is Isaac going to be the one to ultimately defeat our enemy? Um, well, no, but he's foreshadowing for us the one who is to come. Does that make sense to you guys? And so this is what we see going on here. Um, and so Sarah, she, she bore Abraham a son in his old age at, at precisely the right time. Uh, and what is the boy's name? Isaac. Isaac. And what does Isaac mean? Laughs. He laughs. And why do they call him he laughs? Delight to his parents, and you know, I mean, if I'm saying the word delight, your face is smiling, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sarah laughed too. And Sarah laughed. And Abraham laughed. Remember when when God gave the promise to them, they laughed, right? Um, and, and so we we see kind of. In Isaac's name, we, we see a couple of things. One is referring back to kind of their, their doubt that they had. And it, and it shows, you think this is impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. And so every time they would say, he laughs, come over here, you know. Um, they're, they're thinking to themselves, man, my God is good. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's because, you know, even he, he did something that I thought couldn't be done. Yeah. 
And so every time they called out his name, their, their faith would be increasing. Does that make sense to you guys? Oh, yeah, it's thrilling. It's just like, I'll be have something happen when I rest you, and I'm just like, yeah. no, you just did that. <laughs> just yeah. Like, I mean, that happens to me a lot, but I, I mm-hmm. work for him and live by faith of him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's something that we can do, you know, praise Jesus. Yeah. Right? I lost my dog the other day, my elder from my church, mm-hmm. and another one just kept saying, you crazy, you crazy, you crazy, you crazy. Mm-hmm. And my phone rang, and some lady in the neighborhood found the dog. Yeah. He wants to get that. Yeah. The other thing we see, too, and, and I think this hits on what you were talking about, Marie, is uh, we, we see Sarah's reaction, right? What does she say? God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. Why does she say this? I think it's because she was delayed. Just yeah. yeah. Culturally, during that time, the role of a woman and where probably most women probably found their worth, what would it be? Being in a mother, right? Um, was it shameful at this time? For culturally, it was. Yeah. 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 She's no longer feeling shame that she can't. Yeah, she probably would have been, you know, because she's she's not providing a son for her husband. You know, her husband doesn't have an heir. You know, if Abraham would have died, well, I mean, Ishmael had been born at that time, by that time, through Hagar, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have that going on. But if that wouldn't have happened, you know, the the heir of Abraham's if he would have died, it would have gone to one of his servants. Um, and, and so this is kind of the dynamic that we're seeing. And, and culturally at that time, people would look down upon women who, who couldn't have children. They would either think that they're cursed or that they had been so sinful that God had closed their womb. Um, not that that's true, um, but that's kind of the thought that was probably pervasive during that time. Um, and so for her, it was kind of a, a restoration of her dignity, a restoration of her worth. Um, and so, yeah, there's great joy that she's having. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, and so through this miracle child, he, he is bringing to Sarah great joy. And again, think of foreshadowing, right? What child that was born unto us brings us great joy? I think that there's a lot of I- I- ironic humor in it. Sure. So, and I guess, Ace, is that funny funny or is that ironic funny? So, and I guess <laughs> I, think, I think in this case it seems to be more the ironic funny rather than mm. just the humorous funny. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, I guess the, the other thing that I, I kind of, and probably me reading into it, probably trying to sense a, a 90-year-old woman having a newborn, is these people are making fun of me now, mm. as opposed to just rejoicing with me. But that, that could just be my, my own thinking. I, and, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think she's, when she says, those who laugh over me, I think it's, it's a joyous laughter that she's referring to. Um, and so, where, whereas before the laughter was always in doubt, it was kind of this doubtful, <laughs> sure, God, you know, now it's, <sighs> you know, it's, it's, it's a joyful laughter, um, and it's a rejoicing together. Uh, that's, that's how I see it. I um, definitely don't want to change the words, but uh, uh -huh. would it also be accurate to kind of read that as saying, laugh with her, uh, you know, as opposed to... Because when I'm reading over, written, laugh over yeah. me, I, I am reading it like a, you know, through the lens of modern culture. Yeah, yeah, I mean, culturally, I guess we laugh at people. I've never heard the term laugh over someone. You know, so laugh, like we say laugh with laugh and laugh because at. because of their misfortune or laugh because of their circumstance. Yeah, I, I tend to view laugh overing as like, it's like showering her with laughter. So laughing More. with her, you know. Laughing, yeah. You know, Sharing and her, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's how I read it. Okay. Um, yeah, and it, it probably it could have been an idiom at the time that we just don't know about. Um, exchange the word laugh for pray, pray over someone, yeah, you pray over someone, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and, and so. Yeah, and so this, this is what we see going on here. It's, it's this joyful time in their lives. Um, and what, what's interesting is this is right after another period of doubt, right? And yet God is faithful to his promise. He blesses Abraham and Sarah with a son. And now the son has arrived. And it's, it, it, it doesn't depend on how good of a person Abraham was, right? All it depended upon was the promise of God. You guys see that? And, and what are the promises that God has given to you that may be hard for you to believe in, and yet these promises aren't really dependent upon you? Can you think of any? Yeah. Even, even when uh, God is the last thing on, on you know, my mind, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's, he's always there. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so God doesn't forsake us. He's always with us. He's for us. He's for us. Mm -hmm. He saved us from our sins. He saved us from our sins. He gave his only son. He gave his only son. You guys see that? It's it's the goodness of God that brings true joy, um, and it's not anything that we have done to earn it. Um, it's just Him. He made a promise through Christ, and that promise has been achieved, um, and He delivers on His promises. This is not original to me, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not based on us, but it's based on us. 
<laughs> it's not based on us, it's placed on us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, well, any thoughts or questions on this before we close in prayer? All right, let's bow our heads. Father, we do thank you for your word, and we thank you just for uh, how good of a God you truly are, Lord, that you are faithful to your promises, um, that you are faithful to Abraham and Sarah. Um, and we thank you for Isaac and uh, how in him we, we see the foreshadowing of the, the true miracle child, your son, Jesus Christ, and the promises that we have through him. Um, Lord, help us to believe it. Help us to trust in him. Uh, Lord, we, we, we ask that you would continue to speak to us even today as we uh, continue to worship you during the worship service. And uh, Lord, I, I just pray for uh, even later today with the baptism. And um, Lord, just we just thank you for Zach and uh, his willingness to, to be obedient to you. And uh, we just ask for your blessing upon his life. Um, and we ask for your strength and your guidance and your Holy Spirit to fill each and every one of us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.